This is Hard Beautiful Journey, a safe space to be open and honest, to speak truth and harness the power of vulnerability and sharing. Unravel the strength of connecting through conversation from mental health, trauma and addictions, to grief and spirituality. This is the podcast to use your voice, because when you use your voice, you ignite your soul. I am your host, Tiffany Vaughn. Join me as I help others talk about their hard, beautiful journey. I know they will inspire you as much as they inspire me. So let's get started. Hey there, welcome to Hard Beautiful Journey and the last episode of season four. At the beginning of every season, I am nervous. I wonder if I'll find enough to talk about for a whole nother season or find anyone that wants to share their hard, beautiful journey with me and my listeners. And now I finally know, Tiffany, just trust and believe. I will find the words to speak and others will trust in my safe space to share their stories. For the last episode of this season, I wanted to talk about spiritual health. If you listened to episode 62, you know I said I had a whole episode dedicated to this topic. And here it is. In this episode, I'm going to talk about the following things. What is spirituality? How I went from being religious to being spiritual and things I do to keep my spirituality strong. And I have some recommendations for resources as well. All right. So what is spirituality? When I was looking for a way to explain this, I found an article on the website liveanddare.com, which I think has done a really good job of breaking it down. The author asked hundreds of people what they believe spirituality meant to them, and he found that those interested in following a spiritual path are looking for one or more of the following eight drivers. One is purpose and direction. Whether you are on the top of the wheel of material life or on the bottom, there is an underlying sense of dissatisfaction, limitation, and emptiness. There is some form of existential anxiety. Some people are sensitive to this, others aren't. Or they try to fill this up by chasing external goals endlessly. Spirituality is a search for meaning, for purpose, and direction in life. It fulfills our need to have a foundation for living, a path or way of life in the light of a larger context. It speaks to the need to be aligned with something bigger than our ego and individual life. Two, oneness, love, connection. This speaks to our sense of separation and incompleteness. Because it is painful, we seek connection and love, either in a community or in being one with the universe or connecting with the divine, whatever shape this may take. To feel complete, we crave to receive and give unconditional love, which brings a sense of total acceptance and of happiness in being alive. This search can also manifest as returning to the source, to God, or to a sense of sacredness. 3. Growth There is an innate drive in many of us to evolve, to improve, to push the boundaries, reach our full potential. The drive to continuously grow and learn, live a life authentic to our truth, 
develop our mind, cultivate virtues, and expand our consciousness. Four, answers and truth. Questions like, who am I, and why are we here, and what else is there, together with a drive to understand how life works and to learn about ourselves. For some, this takes the form of understanding, absorbing, and becoming one with the absolute truth. Five, happiness, peace, and overcoming suffering. Suffering is the initial door of spirituality for many people, usually in the form of anxiety, grief, or fear. When our mind depends on external things for happiness, its experience of happiness will be unreliable and impermanent, just like external causes are. It has been rightly coined as stock market happiness. Since suffering is a mental phenomenon and spiritual practices are a means to transform one's mind, it is a wise way of seeking a better life. Hence, there is a drive to seek happiness and peace internally or to at least to diminish the suffering that we are experiencing. Spirituality helps us gain balance, independence from external cases, and a greater appreciation of life. 6. Transcendence and Enlightenment Different traditions describe enlightenment differently, but the common theme is that it is a state of transcendence from the human condition beyond all possibility of further suffering. There is a radical and permanent shift in our perception and experience of the world and a moving beyond the sense of being an individual or a person. It's the urge to experience ultimate peace or freedom, to find the ultimate reality of who we are, transcend the ego, or merge with God. 7. Exploration and Mystery Diving into one's own consciousness and exploring other aspects of reality is something that speaks to our thirst for knowledge, experience, and adventure. Learning the mysteries of life and nature, exploring the sacred, and living with a sense of wonder. 8. Serving. The urge to serve people in a deeper level, making a big difference in their life, and helping the upliftment of humanity. So, those are the 8 areas. Some people feel pulled to explore all of these in their lives, while others gravitate to one or two. Everyone's spiritual journey is vastly different, and to me, that is so beautiful. In episode 15, I talked about some of my own spiritual journey that I had experienced up to that point in my life, so I'm not going to repeat it all here, and uh, be sure and check out that episode if you're interested. That episode aired in 2020. And two years later, my spiritual journey continues to evolve and grow. One of the ways it has evolved is thinking about my upbringing in a religion versus being spiritual. I needed to explore this deeply because some of the things that I'm experiencing now don't fully align with what I was taught in my religion. I was raised in the Roman Catholic Church, and I attended church every weekend, and the majority of my time in school was in Catholic schools, and I absolutely loved it. I remember when I was little, I was quite ticked that my big brother got to be at the front as an altar boy, and I had to sit in the pew with my mom and baby sister. I wanted to be involved in those weekly masses so bad. Instead, I would sit in the pew watching people. 
looking at the art on the walls and singing the hymns and reciting the Our Father prayer as best as I could. When I was in junior high school, I started attending CYCs, which are Catholic Youth Conferences. I usually went to these by myself. Because I was nervous to ask any of my friends to attend with me, I thought they would say it just wasn't cool enough. I was so nervous going to these events by myself, wondering if I'd make any friends, and thankfully I did every time. Some of my best memories from this time in my life are from CYCs. I remember sitting in the stands at one in Weyburn, Saskatchewan, and being so grateful that I was a Catholic and very proud of my religion. I attended church regularly until I went away to college. Yeah, and you can guess what happened when I moved to Calgary to attend college. A whole lot of partying, and there was very little chance of getting me out of bed before noon. So the only time I attended church was occasionally at Christmas and Easter with my family. Between 20 and 40 years old, I can count on two hands how many times I went to church. It just wasn't a priority in my life anymore. Then I had kids, and when Avery was six and the boys were one, we had all three baptized in the Catholic church. It was very important to me for this to happen, even if I wasn't a practicing Catholic. We had both families here as we were celebrating the boys' first birthday, so we combined both events in one weekend. If you listen to episode one to four, you'll know that there were many hard things going on in my life. There were a few times during this hard period where I had thoughts of going back to church but I didn't. And I don't know why other than to say we didn't make it a priority for our family. But as point five said earlier on, one of the doors to exploring spirituality is going through pain and suffering and trying to find purpose in it. There were so many times where I looked at James and asked, like, why is God giving us all of this to deal with? And there were many moments, actually, when I was angry at God for so many challenges that just seemed to keep coming no matter what we did. And then I heard someone say, your mess is your message and your pain is your purpose. And something inside me woke up in that moment. I remember it very vividly. There was a reason I was experiencing all of it. That was the beginning of my insatiable desire to know more. This journey of learning more has led me to a place where I am comfortable saying I am a spiritual person rather than a religious person. I resonate with the idea of wanting to find God within myself rather than in a predefined set of beliefs from scriptures. I still fully believe in God, but I don't feel the need to find him or her in a church. I am beginning to trust my inner voice and use it to guide my decisions and choices. And when I'm faced with a decision, I always look at my core values first, which are love and kindness. If what I am making a decision on doesn't feel like those two things, it's not happening. Brene Brown, one of my favorites, says this about spirituality, and I couldn't agree more. Spirituality is recognizing and celebrating that we are all 
inextricably connected to each other by a power greater than all of us, and that our connection to that power and to one another is grounded in love and compassion. Practicing spirituality brings a sense of perspective, meaning, and purpose to our lives. And this is also something that she says about spirituality. True belonging is a spiritual practice of believing in and belonging to yourself so deeply that you can share your most authentic self with the world and find sacredness in both being a part of something and standing alone in the wilderness. Now, I'd like to switch focus to what I've found to help strengthen my spiritual health. And this is where I could talk for hours and hours and hours and hours. So I will try and keep it brief and to the point. The areas I will be focusing on today are spiritual mentors, meditation, breathwork, and angel card decks. So first up is spiritual mentors. One of my first spiritual mentors I met was Brianna Vincent. You can hear about our journey together on episode 22. She is my soul coach trainer and also one of my very dear friends. I have learned so much from her in my soul coach journey, and I will be continuing to learn more over the next year in her soul coach master trainer program. Like I said, check out episode 22, where she talks in detail about what soul coaching is and why her and I have made a lifelong connection with our spiritual journeys. The second mentor I met, I found on Amazon. Well, her book, I should say. I was scrolling through the Kindle book section one day, and I came across the title, Cracking Open, Adventures of a Reluctant Medium. I have always had a fascination with mediums and their ability to connect with spirit. So I ordered it, and I finished it in one sitting. The author, her name is Bo Maxwell, and here is the book description so you know why I consumed it in one day. The twisted roller coaster ride called Opening Up Psychically started for me the day my grandmother died. That one pivotal moment changed me from a materialistic, business-driven agnostic to someone who doubted reality itself. I began to wonder if the brain I had relied on for so many years had finally set itself out to pasture. Talking to the dead isn't a joyride. It isn't a theme park pass to chat with Elvis whenever you want or a ticket to discover the long lost secrets of Atlantis. It's a big responsibility and a task I now hold dear to my heart. This book is about what happens when one stumbles onto the spiritual path. I present this book to you raw, uncensored, and in detail, all the ups and downs of what it really is like to spend your days among the dead. You will find the hours of frustration and the moments of debilitating fear are also met with times of pure bliss when life unfolds to demonstrate the beauty of human potential. This book is not some fictional tale based on a true story. This is my life, and I share it with you. I highly recommend this book. Then I discovered that Bo had a membership called The Sage Method, which is an empowering intuitive development program. And yep, I joined that too. I love Bo's energy, her humor, and her teaching style. There are courses in her membership as well as a Facebook group full of beautiful souls. And lastly, my most recent mentor is Rebecca Campbell. 
I devour her books as well and love her community on Facebook. Her book, Light is the New Black, A Guide to Answering Your Soul's Callings and Working Your Light is one of my favorite books I have ever read. Her writing style is stunning and makes you want more when the last page is turned. If you're on a spiritual journey of your own, I highly recommend finding two to three people that you deeply resonate with and learn from them. Going through a spiritual awakening like I have can be an interesting experience, and it's comforting to know I'm not alone and I'm not batshit crazy. Millions of others have come before us that can help guide us through this journey. All right, let's move on to meditation. And okay, before you turn off this episode and say, nope, can't do it, not going to listen to this anymore, hear me out. If you've ever met me, then you know I have a tendency to take on way too many things at once and have a squirrel brain because of the endless to-dos I add to my plate. And I tried meditation. The first time, I quit after two minutes. I was bored stiff. Why? Well, because there was no instant gratification. I didn't get an aha right away. I said, this is crap, not for me, not doing it. Why I tried again is actually still a mystery to this day. Usually when I've made up my mind, that is it. But I tried again and then again and then again. When I first experienced a deep meditative state, I came out of it with tears soaking my face. It's really hard to describe with enough human words what it feels like to connect with your soul or your higher self. You just know that you're surrounded by this incredible amount of love and light. I go into every meditation stating my expectations for that session. I ask my higher self to help me with this or that and then get this. I listen. (laughs) Sometimes it takes a while to get the message And sometimes it's like I'm hearing it through a bullhorn. There are also instances where I ask to be shown certain signs to help me understand something. It can be numbers, birds, anything really. And you'd be surprised in some of the ways the signs show up. Recently, I discovered a great resource to learn how to meditate. It's called Zen 12. And here is their description. Zen 12 will transform the way you look at meditation. It uses special audio MP3s that help induce a deep state of meditation. The program uses special brainwave sounds to meditate for you. That means you don't have to actively try to quiet your mind, stop fidgeting, or focus only on the meditation. And you don't have to reschedule your whole day. Each session lasts just 12 minutes and you only need to meditate a few times a week to reap the rewards. Just sit back and hit play. So after learning how to meditate on my own for two years, I was skeptical. 12 minutes and it does it for you? Come on now. Well, I tried it and wow, very, very good. The best part is they offer a free meditation to try out to see if it works for you. By the way, I am not affiliated with any of the people or companies I am recommending. I'm simply recommending what has worked for me over the past couple years. 
Okay, so that's about it for meditation. Now on to breathwork. This is an area I have not excelled at, but I am working on it slowly. I think I was scared off when I tried a deep breath class and it felt like I was having a heart attack. I definitely took a class that was not aligned with my experience. You may be asking, how hard is it to breathe? We do it all day. Trust me on this one, friends. Start easy with breath work and you'll enjoy the benefits much more. Intense breath work is not recommended for anybody with a history of cardiovascular disease, high blood pressure, or heart problems, as well as pregnant women. Some of the benefits of breath work include improved mental clarity, an increase in performance, and it reduces stress. Someone that I absolutely love in this area is Samantha Skelly, and her website is pausebreathwork.com. She even has an app where you can pay monthly for all of her breathwork exercises, or check her out on YouTube if you want to see what it's all about first, which of course I recommend. And finally, the last area I work on regularly for my spiritual health is working with angel card decks. Three years ago, I would have thought you were talking about a patio at the LA Angels Ball Diamond, (laughs) but now I may or may not have an issue with buying angel card decks. So what are they? The main purpose of an angel card reading is to receive nurturing guidance from the angelic realm. With angel card readings, you can find out more about your current life situation and receive encouraging wisdom from above. I use my angel cards at least once a week, and it's amazing the messages that come through. I highly recommend anything that Kyle Gray has done with angel cards. My favorite decks that he has put out are Keepers of the Light Oracle Cards and Angel Prayers Oracle Cards. Kyle has a few videos on YouTube that explains how to use them. And I love his Scottish accent and can listen to it all day. I'll end with this quote by someone that I can't really pronounce their name, but we'll try. Swami Vivekananda. You have to grow from the inside out. None can teach you. None can make you spiritual. There is no other teacher but your own soul. Well, that is a wrap for season four. Thank you to all of my wonderful guests for sharing your hard, beautiful journey with me and my listeners. I have so much gratitude in my heart for each and every one of you because you were brave enough to get in the arena. You are proof that it's okay to be vulnerable. You are proof that when you get vulnerable and use your voice, others will hear you and get inspired to do the same. I am excited to say I already have so many great guests lined up for season five. As I do at the end of each season, I am taking a much needed podcasting break for two weeks. But you know me, I've got to be doing something. I'll be working on my book out in beautiful Victoria, BC. I can't wait to sit by the ocean with my laptop and be inspired by the water and stunning sunsets. Season 5 will be back Tuesday, May the 10th. If you are interested in being a guest on the upcoming season to talk about your own hard, beautiful journey, 
please check out my website at hardbeautifuljourney.com and submit the request form. While you're there, be sure and stop by the blog, which has all the episodes, including show notes, photos, videos, and where to find guests I've had on the show. And finally, you know what's coming. I would love if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star rating and review. They are so incredibly important to podcasters, and I love reading them too. Until next time, please be kind and stay well. Bye-bye.